Amen. Well, good morning. Good morning. It's just been great to be in church this morning, hasn't it? It's just been really, really good. And I'm so excited about all that God is doing in and through the congregation here in McGeehan and through us as a people. And I think it's worth saying this out loud, even though it's going to go on the internet. When I talk to people on the district, they are very excited about what is happening here as well. Our brothers and sisters throughout Northern Ireland, Scotland and the northeast of England, they're excited about the stories of what God is doing in this place. And I want to encourage you with that because sometimes we can feel that we're part of a small wee church in East Belfast. A small wee church that's growing, but a small wee church in East Belfast. When in reality, we're part of something so, so much bigger and we can find great encouragement there. And I'm really excited about lives that are going to be impacted through ministries, not only like ministries like the Olive Branch. Wasn't that really exciting? Yeah, really exciting. Um, oh, we know, right? It doesn't matter if it's me at the front, but see when somebody else asks you a question, just go, yeah, yeah. It, it does wonders for the encouragement, right? But I know that you're excited and I'm really excited about all that God's going to do through that. But I'm also excited about what God is going to do through the lives of each and every person, either attending in person this morning or watching online. Because as I so often say, the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. And what an exciting thought that is. And this morning we're going to continue on in our series looking at the Holy Spirit. This is a series which we started together last week and if you missed the start of the series I really do want to encourage you to either go ahead and catch up on the whole service on YouTube or to listen to the sermon podcast that's available on all of the major podcasting services. Maybe you're young and hip and you know how to do that sort of stuff. Um, just search McGeehan Nazarene and it will come up there as well. But a quick recap for those who maybe were here or weren't able to be here as well. A quick recap was that last week we looked at how the mission of the Holy Spirit is to reveal Jesus to the world and how we as the people of God who have the Spirit dwelling within us are to also go about that mission. The Holy Spirit which is a he not an it enables, empowers and emboldens us to join him on this mission to the world. And today we turn our attention to looking at what the Holy Spirit is like. We know about his mission, but what's he like? Today we consider the personality of the Holy Spirit. So whenever we say that the Holy Spirit is a person, it would not be a stretch for us to think that whenever we say person, Many of us maybe start to think of what the face looks like, maybe starts to wonder how big the muscles are, maybe starts to think about all of these physical um, facets and so on and so forth. But that's not what, I, what we mean whenever we say that the Holy Spirit is a person. Rather, whenever we speak of the Holy Spirit as a person, we're not talking in terms of th physical appearance, but rather in the reality that the Holy Spirit is a being who knows and feels and has a will. While it's not an exhaustive list, today we're going to consider the following. We're going to consider the knowledge of the Holy Spirit, the will 
of the Holy Spirit, the mind of the Holy Spirit, the love of the Holy Spirit and the goodness of the Holy Spirit. And if you can count, that's five. And I see fear and trepidation in many eyes. I have timed this. It's shorter than last week's. Amen. Right? And to do this, we're going to have to fly through different scriptures together. So I encourage you, if you have your physical Bible at hand, get ready to flick. If you have your um, electronic Bible, apparently I forgot that word. If you've got your Bible electronically, either on your phone, on your iPad or your tablet, feel get ready to click um, to different places. And if you don't want to do that, it'll appear on the screen behind you. But firstly, we're going to look at the knowledge of the Holy Spirit. The knowledge of the Holy Spirit. Have you ever wanted to know exactly what somebody was thinking? Right? You ever wanted to... Just know exactly what someone was thinking. Maybe you wanted to know their thought processes. You want to know how they arrive at that conclusion and the decision that they've arrived at. I think if we're honest in any walk of life, at one time or another, each one of us here will have found ourselves asking the question, what? What? Whether it's a political leader, elections this week, Whether it's a football manager, I'm a United fan. I ask myself the question, what a lot at the minute. Maybe it's our boss at work. Maybe it's a loved one. Maybe it was our spouse. Maybe it was the maniac driver that just undertook us on the outer ring on the way to church. Why on earth did people decide to run marathons is a question that I asked myself this morning. What, why? What are you trying to prove? I think it's safe to say that at one time or another, each one of us will have found ourselves wondering and questioning what is going on and what is going through somebody else's mind. And maybe we've wondered that in a negative way, or maybe we've wondered it in a positive way. Maybe we've just stood in awe as somebody has come to a conclusion, or somebody has led through a crisis, or somebody has just done something that makes us stand back and go, wow. How on earth did they achieve that? And to all the marathon runners, I say, wow. You're nuts, but wow. When we speak of the knowledge of the Holy Spirit, hear what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 10 to 13. He says, the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit with them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. So that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak. Not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. The Spirit himself knows the deep things of God. The things which are a mystery to us are not a mystery to the Holy Spirit. He knows all things, all things, even the deep 
things of God. He searches all things, even the deep things of God. One of the beautiful things about the Holy Spirit is not only that he knows these deep things, but he also teaches us what he knows. Not all at once, and not all in its entirety, for our human brains could not comprehend the deep things of God and couldn't comprehend his omniscience, his all-knowing nature. But the Spirit of God reveals in part to us the deep things of God. In other words, the things that without his help we simply could not figure out for ourselves. Explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. If we are born again of the Spirit of God, it was the Spirit which revealed to us our need of a Saviour. It was the Spirit of God that removed the veil from our eyes and opened up the Word of God to us that we might understand it. It is the Holy Spirit of God which continues by His grace to mould us more and more into the likeness of Christ as we walk in step with him and grow in our knowledge of him and our knowledge of the scriptures. The Holy Spirit, in other words, gives us insight into the majesty, power, mercy and love of God. For who is better qualified to teach us these things than the one who searches all things, even the deep things of God. I haven't told him I'm going to use him as an example today, but we have a doctor of history and politics in the room. If you don't know who that is, it's Graham. Give us a wave, right? You're looking lovely, and those online can't see him, but he does look lovely today, right? But if I had a history query, or if I had a political query, I don't pick up the phone and phone Alison. I pick up the phone and I phone Graham. But if I have an English query, I don't go to Graham because he's not a doctor of English. I'd normally go to Peter, to be fair. He's, a history, he's a, an English teacher. But you understand, don't you, that if you want to know something, you go to the expert. If, you want, if Graham says, I'm going to sit down and teach you French today, I'd be like, no, you're not. Big lad. I'm sorry, we're not going to waste each other's time here. All I need to know is ooh la la baguette and I'll be all right, right? But the reality is, if Graham sat down and he said, let's talk about my specialist subject of the home rule crisis in Northern Ireland, I'd say, let's go, let's go. The Holy Spirit, the searcher of all things, even the deep things of God, in his omniscience, in his all-knowing power teaches us and reveals to us the depths of the mercy, love, majesty and power of God. What better teacher? What better teacher than the one who knows all things? We know the Holy, we know God because the Holy Spirit has made him known to us. He's gently wooed us 
by his provenient grace and continues to make us more like him by his sanctifying grace. Whenever we talk of the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit's like, he is all-knowing and a wonderful teacher. And just as he has knowledge, so too does the Holy Spirit have a will. In 1 Corinthians 12 and 11, we read, All these are the work of one, of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each, just as he determines, or as other translations say, just as he wills. It's important for us to make the distinction again. And you might say you've told us this, but if you're anything like me, I need to be told things over again a few times. The Holy Spirit is not a concept. The Holy Spirit is not a concept, it's not an influence, or the Holy Spirit is not even a power. The Holy Spirit is a divine person. Remember last week when we sang and reiterated, holy, 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 where it says, God in three persons, blessed Trinity. And that's all the singing I'll do today, right? As such, just as you and I have a will, so too does the Holy Spirit. Now, we're not a divine person, but we are persons. We are people and we have our own wills. And so it is with the Holy Spirit. Who has a strong will? Who here in the room has a strong will? Who's a wee bit stubborn, right? A wee bit stubborn. You cannot tell me that people do not have their own will and try and get a wafer out of my child's hand at the same time. They grasp so hard to the point where they don't even care if it breaks within their hand because you're not taking that off me, daddy. But it's your sister, I don't care. It's mine now. Right? We all have wills, even from <clears throat> childhood. We all have an innate will. And that develops over time. One of Chloe's favourite things to do is to people watch. If we any other people watchers in the room, I have a few people who are nodding and a few people who are brave enough to go like that. Right? One of, the, one of our favourite things to do, to simply sit, preferably for Chloe, with a milky cup of tea and watch the world go by and watch people as they go about their day. I never really enjoyed that very much myself until we got married, but now I recognise that it's one of life's simple pleasures. If you've never done it, do it. And we don't do it because we're nosy. Okay, probably a wee bit. But we don't do it because we're nosy. But it's amazing to watch as different people go about their days. You can learn a lot about a person by how they're walking on that particular day. Some walk with purpose. Some walk worried or hurried because they're clearly late for something. Some are downcast. Some walk with their heads down like this and not a phone in sight because some people walk like that too. Some walk because they simply have to. They have to get from A to B. 
But in my experience, the best thing to witness whenever you are people watching is to watch the people who are walking by with a smile on their face and a spring in their step and that they're clearly doing what their heart wills for them to do in that moment. That they're out on a wee walk, not because they have to be, but because they want to be. And life just seems so good. And just as the Holy Spirit imparts to us the things of God, the Holy Spirit also longs for us to walk in accordance with his good, pleasing and perfect will. The verse from 1 Corinthians 12 that we, that we read pertains to the gifts of the Spirit, which we'll look at together in a few weeks. But it reveals something very important to us. This verse reveals to us that the Holy Spirit has a will and he longs for us to walk in it. So I have a question. I've asked you a number of questions today actually, haven't I? This is maybe a wee bit more serious. Church, this morning are we walking in accordance with what we will for ourselves or are we walking in step with the will of the Spirit? For our lives. We've already established that the Spirit knows all things and reveals to us in accordance with his will, but we are we walking in his will for our lives or are we walking our own way? In other words, are we in control or is he in control? Are we captain or is he captain. You want to know how you're walking in step with the Spirit? You can walk in step with the Spirit whenever you can say the words of the Apostle Paul with a clear conscience. When he said, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. See, this is the will of the Holy Spirit for each one of us. This is the will of the Spirit that our lives would no longer be our own, but that we would surrender ourselves to the purposes and the plans that he has for us. And the Spirit will not force himself. And he will not impose his will on us unwillingly. For that is not love, for love does not force itself. But remember, he who searches the deep things of God, whose ways are higher than our ways and whose thoughts are not our thoughts, his will is perfect and he is for you. Perhaps today could be the day that we stop walking in accordance with our own will and begin to walk in step with the will of the Holy Spirit. The knowledge of the Holy Spirit, the will of the Holy Spirit, and now the mind of the Holy Spirit. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with 
the will of God. One of the verses that Elizabeth read for us earlier on. The word that is translated mind here into, into the English word mind is a comprehensive word which includes the ideas of thoughts, feelings and of purpose. Who, ha who here has some thoughts about anything? We all have thoughts. Some of us perhaps more vocal about those thoughts than others, but we all have thoughts. All of us have feelings. Whether we choose to repress those feelings or not is entirely up to ourselves, or whether we wear our hearts on our sleeves, or somewhere in between. But we all have feelings. And whether you recognise it or realise it or not this morning, all of us have a purpose. All of us, each one of us here, has a purpose. And the word which is translated mind, when it's speaking of the mind of the spirit, includes the idea of thoughts, feelings, and purpose. And again, the, the word of God reveals to us that the Holy Spirit is a divine a person with a personality in every sense of the word. And even in this short verse, we are given insight into his personality. The Holy Spirit's personality is revealed as for you, not against you. You ever felt like the world's against you? You ever feel like you can't do right from doing wrong? You ever feel like it doesn't matter what you do, it's never going to be good enough for some people? Good news for you today. The personality of the Holy Spirit reveals to us that God is for you, not against you. Isn't that an amazing thought? That the one who knows all things, who reveals the deep things of God to his children, whose will is good, perfect and pleasing, that the Holy Spirit is for you and for me this morning. How amazing is that? How amazing is that? He prays for us right now in accordance with the will of God. And the mind of the Spirit is for the child of God. And that's good news. If you take nothing else this morning, the personality of the Holy Spirit reveals that God is for you. The mind of the Spirit is for you. You are loved. You are chosen. You are not a mistake. You're here for a purpose. You're in this room right now for a purpose. You could be at home watching Rangers versus Celtic on the TV, but you're not. You're here with a plan and with a purpose. And the mind of the Spirit is for you, not against you. Then we look at the love of the Spirit. I told you it was short in the last week. We're on 0.4 already. Hear these words from Romans 15, verses 30 to 33. And Paul's writing here to the church in Rome. He says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, to join me in my struggle by praying to God for me. Pray that I may be kept safe from the unbelievers in Judea and that the contribution I take to Jerusalem may be favourably received by the Lord's people there, so that I may come to you with joy by God's will and in your company be refreshed. The God of peace be with you all. Amen. 
Church, we, we talk so much, and rightly so, of the great love of the Father who sent the Son to lay down his life so that we could be free. We speak of the great love that he has lavished upon us that we might be called children of God. We speak of the great love that took our sin and took our place on Calvary's cross and we speak of the great love for good reason. No greater love has no one than this, that he would lay down his life for his friends. We speak of the love of the Father and we speak of the love of the Son, but what of the love of the Spirit? Did you catch that in the very first verse I read there? I urge you, brothers and sisters, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit. What of the love of the Spirit? The Holy Spirit is a divine person who loves us just as meaningfully and just as tenderly as God the Father and as God the Son. Yes, out of love the Father sent the Son and out of love the Son laid down his life as our ransom. These are good things to be reminded of and these are good things to remember. But we would do well to also remember that it was out of love that the Spirit pursued us by his provenient grace and lifted the veil from our eyes, revealing to us our need of a saviour. We owe our salvation as much to the Spirit as we do to the Father and the Son. And the good news is they're God in three person, Father, Spirit, Son. In his great love, in his great mercy, the Spirit of God has been patient, persistent, and indescribably tender toward us, pointing us to Jesus, walking with us, talking with us, and reminding us that we are his own, as the old hymn goes. Thank God for his love exhibited through the life of the Spirit. So a question, again, have you received that love for yourself this morning? He is for you, he loves you, and he invites you to accept the fullness of his love this morning, either for the first time or afresh. Don't be afraid to do business with God this morning. So often we can get into a routine of, because it is great to be together, we come together and we sing songs and we sit around the word together and we have a wee natter on the way out and we say about how, how good God is and how God's doing great things and all of these things are important, but none of them come close to doing business with God. Maybe I need to do business with God this morning. Maybe you need to do business with God this morning. Maybe we've lost sight of the love that he has for us. We've maybe not lost sight of the love that we're to extend to other people, but maybe we've lost sight of the love that he has for you and the love that he has for me. So don't be afraid to do business with God this morning. Ask him to remind you of the love 
that he has for you. So often when I'm praying with people these days, I pray that God would overwhelm them with his love. Maybe today we could pray that God would overwhelm us with the love of the Holy Spirit. Don't be afraid to do business with God. And this is the shortest point of all, but it's so important. The goodness of the Holy Spirit. Because of your great compassion, you did not abandon them in the wilderness. By day, the pillar of cloud did not fail to guide them on their path. This is the people of Israel. Nor the pillar of fire by night to shine on the way they were to take. You gave your good spirit to instruct them. You did not withhold your manna from their mouths and you gave them water for their thirst. Lastly this morning, another facet of the personality of the Holy Spirit is his goodness. Out of his goodness, he testifies to us about Jesus and glorifies him, proving the world to be wrong about sin, righteousness and judgment. Out of his goodness, he instructs us in the way in which we should walk and withholds no good thing from us. Out of his goodness, he makes known to us the mind of God, the will of God and the deep, deep love of God for humanity. Out of his goodness, he is for us and not against us. Patient and kind, wishing that none would perish and not dealing with us as our sins deserve. But shows us his love for us as he teaches us of the love of the Son and of the Father. Church, this morning, some more good news. You know I love the end on good news. We can know and we can worship this divine person personally and completely. He calls us to himself. He woos us and he loves us and not only is he good but he is also God for us not against us. Amen. Much to rejoice about. Let's stand together as we close our time in song and sing a great chorus of old. You are beautiful beyond description, too marvellous for words, too wonderful for comprehension, like nothing ever seen or heard. Let's stand together in awe of the Spirit, in awe.